This is Truth 101, our world of chocolate lenses. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, your auntie, your favorite singer-songwriter, your favorite political commentator, your crazy cousin from the country, Music Truth. And you're listening to Season 2, Episode 3 of Truth 101, Our World Through Chocolate Lenses. You know it's the show where we dive into any and everything until we get to the bottom of it, where we get to the bottom of everything from politics and pop culture to why we still don't have McDonald's money. And y'all know I will cover that in our final episode of season two. But until then, how y'all doing? Are you limiting your outings? Are you keeping your hands washed? Are you doing the best you can? Are you weaving in some time for self-care? I hope that you are. I know that times right now are unlike any most of us have seen. But as we look to our ancestors, our parents, our aunts, uncles, grandparents, if you're still blessed to have them in your life, and they'll tell you that they may have seen some similar tough times indeed, whether it was coming through slavery or it was the Great Depression of the 1940s, the gas rations of the 70s, or various health epidemics in the United States from cholera to the 1918 flu The point is, we've been here before, perhaps not to the same magnitude, but we've seen some some tough times before. So just do your due diligence and we'll get through this together. So today, folks, I know I said I wanted to avoid this topic as much as possible, but I'm not tone deaf and we're all going through the same thing together. And I want to take just a few minutes to approach this from an angle that will hopefully encourage us and help us take care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit during this time. So today we're going to talk a bit about social distancing and why it is such a struggle for folks. (laughs) I'm not going to beat people up. We're going to talk about the why. We're going to get to the root and we're going to try our best to do better. So the title of today's show is Why is the struggle so real? How Aristotle's political philosophy informs our understanding of human nature during a global pandemic. We'll use uh, Aristotle's political philosophy here to help us a bit and discuss the ways in which we can satisfy our human drive to be social and political animals. And we'll also talk a bit about how we can engage those two forces in healthy ways that promote self-care. So it's going to be a great show today, y'all. And this is the angle we're going to take. You all know, I like to go and pull some things back in history. I like to give us a foundation and hopefully to teach something new that will spark um, a, a real desire to want to dig a little further for yourselves. So let's start with who was Aristotle and what did he say and why might this help us uh think of and understand why the struggle is so real. So according to biography.com, Aristotle was a Greek philosopher who lived 
384 BC through 322 BC. That's before Christ. If you're going by the Christian calendar that we use in the Western world, um, he was a student of another prominent philosopher you may recognize, Plato, who himself was a student of yet another prominent Greek philosopher, Socrates. So this academy uh, that they attended, uh, that this line of, uh, of thinkers was what many would consider the first university of the Western philosophy. Uh, they got together and deliberated. They talked things over and discussed how we came to be and how we ordered society. Uh, the art of debate, questioning, reasoning, uh, the Socratic method, the allegory of the cave, these things came through that line of philosophy. So Aristotle's thing was he believed that humans are political and social animals. He examined the ways in which city-states came to be, and more deeply, how humans organized themselves and why. According to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, Aristotle posits that by nature, humans achieve our best when we're social because we are not self-sufficient. We are intrinsically primed to be social and political animals by nature and therefore by reason. So that means it's just how our brain works. Our drive is to ultimately be together. That's what evolution can do for you. <laughs> so we crave the ability to organize and categorize things, law and order. According to Aristotle, the city state itself derives from this uh, drive of togetherness and it keeps us from our savage nature. <laughs> so overall, this belief that he had that humans are political and social animals, I think it can help us understand why the very correct and necessary directives for flattening the COVID-19 curve will take very intentional efforts from us all. So today we're going to discuss that social piece, the political piece, and also overall the human piece, that self-care when it comes to what we're dealing with right now in regards to COVID-19. So why is the struggle so real? Why is social distancing so hard for humans, <laughs> even introverts? Um, and I'm, I consider myself an ambivert. I'm right there in between, child. I can be the life of the party and then I need to go somewhere and sit myself down and recharge and I won't talk to nobody. <laughs> so everyone is, is getting a little stir crazy. And then there are some folks who just ignore the directive. So let's talk a little bit about why the struggle is so real. According to Psychology Today, they have an article entitled The Hard Work of Social Distancing. And it's by Teresa DiDonato. And it's, it's natural to want to be around others, she says. It's a part of evolution as groups brought us safety. You think back to the hunters and gatherers. Baby, we were safer once we got that group thing going. Um, and if you think about during that time period, they're going out, they're hunting. They're actually the lower on the um, food chain, so to speak. So being in groups, hunting in bands, um, settling in bands, sleeping in bands and having others keep watch. These were ways in which uh, early humans were able to survive. And so for us, it's natural for us to feel um, that need to want to congregate. So currently, if you if you apply this to today, we're in a heightened state of fear. So we naturally want to commune, commiserate and lean on each other to, as the article points out, reduce our brain's flow of cortisol 
as uh, and and you know that cortisol is the stress hormone so as you're stressed it is it is going throughout our body and is wreaking havoc it's important to remember that social distancing quote is not social disconnection we can still foster and maintain meaningful connections during this time and we'll get into a couple suggestions in just a moment but the point here of this article is that it is natural for us to want to run and spend time with family or just be out and about. Um, it is human nature. Um, if you subscribe to Aristotle's thinking here to want to commune and psychology today's article looks at it from more of a psychological perspective and talks about how when we're under stress, we want to be more together in some ways. So what is the significance of all this? The point is, quote, knowing our social instinct can help us to manage it. So once we know the monster, once we know the bear, once we're staring it right in the eye, we know what's going on in our brains and in our minds and bodies that drive to want to get out and about that feeling of cabin fever, all of those things. Once we can stare that in the eye, we can better keep an eye out for it and manage it and understand it. So here's some ways that folks are keeping in touch and connected during this time. So now that we know that we low-key crave these connections, which explains why folks are having a tough time staying indoors, here are some ways to manage it. Let's share some ways and opportunities for folks to keep in touch with family and friends uh, during this time of social distancing, stay home orders, shelter in place orders, and so forth. One of the ways uh, that folks are getting together are virtual parties. For instance, I hosted a little group call uh, I'll say we shared hosted it together. It was just three friends and we got on the line uh, and did video through Facebook and I DJed for my friends for three hours while they cooked, danced and relaxed in the background. And it brought me so much joy to see their faces light up when they would hear a song that brought back a memory or just made them feel connected and happy for that moment. Getting creative. Happy hours, whether you are a person who likes to unwind with a glass of wine after work, or if you don't drink and you want to unwind with some alkaline, <laughs> some alkaline water, it may be fun to just have an opportunity to share a beverage or a meal uh, with one of your friends and just catch up on life. You don't have to necessarily talk about what's going on, even though it may be healthy to share those feelings with each other. But maybe you just need a break and you want to just talk about, well, how was work if you worked from home or how is your family doing or what did you cook today? Did you bake something? So happy hours with your friends are fun. Meet and greets and virtual dates. If you were conversing on one of these reputable apps with someone for the past, you know, month or so, and y'all were going to catch up and meet in person. And then honey came Corona, uh, Miss Rona May virus, and she just slowed down the whole party. And uh, <laughs> you still want to meet in some way and also make sure this person isn't a creeper. A virtual date might be a great way to do that. And it's fun and it's a great way to just have a conversation. And in some ways, it's a lot less, you know, opportunity for distractions. Uh, go ahead and, you know, get on Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook Messenger and just get up there and talk. It takes the pressure off. And honestly, if you don't like the person, just hang up. <laughs> and then last but not least, my favorite thing, video calls with family members. 
I enjoy when I'm able to see a FaceTime pop up from my mom or my sister um, and we're able to just talk about life and it feels like, you know, we're sitting down and having a cup of tea together on some southern porch back home. And so um, those can help ease some of that cortisol that's pumping through our body. It can help ease that stress when we do reach out in a healthy way. So just little opportunities like that to maintain communication and maintain conversations, healthy conversations, you know, with folks who uplift you and encourage you, um, folks who believe in science and (laughs) folks who believe that it's important to protect yourselves and your family, but also to just talk about the day and decompress, to have that healthy balance. These are all good things. So now we've explained that social piece to this. Let's talk about how there's also the political side to this. So as I mentioned, Aristotle, he says that humans are social and political animals. It's what we want is what we do. We crave also understanding. We crave being in the mix and on top of things politically as well. And let's be clear, politics doesn't mean we have a desire to sit up and talk about war and rumors of wars and Democrats and Republicans all the time. And to be honest, some people are completely apolitical. They don't want to hear about any of that. When I'm speaking of politics, I specifically mean that we're connected and concerned with society and what makes it function and tick. It's like the line from The Roots, the song, uh, You Got Me. So Eve does her verse and she says, while politicking with my sister from New York City, they're talking about the things that matter to them and what they see in the world around them. So again, deliberation, talking it over, that bubbling of you know conversation and being plugged into what's going on around you. So with that in mind, it's important that we polish and sharpen our skills of discernment when it comes to selecting sources and posting information. Y'all, we have to consider the source. There's so much misinformation out here and conspiracy theories that are not founded upon science. And that's the thing that troubles me. So let's talk about the importance of selecting reliable sources. Ask yourself these questions. Did you read the article before posting it? What do you know about this news outlet? Is it a reputable source that a person writing a research paper might be able to cite or is it media takeout or TMZ? We are an intelligent people, so we have to use our platforms responsibly, especially during times of crisis, and try our best to only speak on that, which we have a reliable source for. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I'm guilty of that quick but unvetted post too and have had to go back and delete something because I didn't read it all the way through and the the author's position completely changed and was the complete opposite of the clickbait title that lured me in. We've all done it. The point is, let's just do better. Follow the CDC, follow the World Health Organization and news sources that are reputable, whether it's from universities or or um, sources that started out as printed newspapers and thus have been around for decades. But the point is to use some discernment and choose your sources wisely, because as humans, we crave that information and you can kind of get into a loop of just reading news and constantly scrolling and looking down your timeline, at least get to a place where you can rightly divide what is good information and what is completely unfounded and wrong. So things are different now. And it may be necessary to take a break from social media and to look at opportunities to step away from that constant churn of doom and gloom. 
Of course, you know, stay up with your local news as it impacts you directly and immediately. But maybe it's time to take a little break from the daily national press conference. And with that said, the third piece is to take care of yourselves, ourselves. I'm including me in this conversation, y'all. We will manage our desires for physically socializing and overindulging in politics. We got that. But all of these things lead us back to self-care. So my last thought here is to emphasize the importance of self-care during this time. So things are different, as I've said, and we're likely being stretched in different ways. So from the parent who is now a homeschool teacher to the person who's working in an essential field or is customer facing to the teacher who has to quickly craft a virtual curriculum with little notice to the kids and young students who are losing out on school time due to lack of internet access or just having uh, a terrible environment at home to the single person who lives alone and hasn't had a hug since February. We're all being stretched and we have to take care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. So it's important to keep healthy ties and routines. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, we literally crave it. We crave order. We crave some sort of guidance, um, some sort of, you know, sense out of the chaos. We crave it. We crave connecting with others. We crave knowing what's going on. Yes, things are a little bit different right now. So perhaps it's time to make a new and different routine for your day to provide some loose structure to fall back on on days when it may be a little more stressful or rough. You know, get a solo walk in, some sunshine when you can. I know for me, I would finish my shifts at work and take a quick walk. Just even just get a mile and a half in, a half mile, whatever you can get to get some sunshine. And um, taking a walk in your yard or on your sidewalk, all these things. Science has proven that getting that sunlight and working out a little bit, that releases the positive endorphins. It changes your disposition. It changes your whole mood. It changes your outlook. We can do it. We can make it through this. So keep your health up during this time. Do whatever you have to do to keep your mind and your body together. Make a video call to a friend or family or loved one. Zoom and uh, Facebook Messenger, these are easy ways uh, to have those conversations and make those connections with friends. And then also boundaries. Be mindful of who is coming in and out your home. And don't be afraid to ask them, you know, what is your routine going to be to help keep my home safe <laughs> if you're coming in and out? And all in all, do what you can do. Don't let anyone make you feel odd for taking this thing seriously. And my goodness, when you need to unplug, honey, you do just that. You unplug. So if that means, you know, putting your phone on do not disturb, if there's someone that you check in with every day, let them know, you know, hey, I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb or my phone's going to be off for the remainder of the night or, you know, um, close out your social media and your news and so forth. Unplug, protect your energy and do the things that you must do to keep your mind, body and spirit together during this time. The point is, we're in this together and we have the power and self-control to keep our social and political impulses in check. As we say in the country, now is the needed time. And that's the truth about why the struggle is so real when it comes to social distancing. Peace, babies. And I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Truth 101, our world through chocolate lenses. 
a Music Truth Entertainment production. Please send me your questions. You can visit us on our website, musictruth.com, or search me on social media at Music Truth, M-U-S-I-Q, Truth, all one word. You can find me there. Questions, I got answers, ain't no use pretending. We can talk it out, chop it up till we get bored. Research it, flip it, scratch it, or throw it straight out the door. It's Truth 101, our world through chocolate lenses. Sending your questions, cause knowledge, we straight spitting and dying. You got questions, we got answers, ain't no use pretending. Chop it up, talk it out, knowledge, we straight dripping. This is Truth 101, our world. Chocolate lenses. Hey, hey. Truth 101, Truth 101.